I don't know what tells you it's recording, but I'm glad I that they. Her. Yeah, I, I hate that lady. voice. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I like that they started doing that though. It's like, hey, no one's being recorded without their consent, All, as if they weren't already <laughs> recording every conversation we ever had. Exactly. I mean, but it, there is a there is a little thing that pops up on your screen when you're on this end that's like, uh, okay, I'm okay with being recorded or leave the meeting. Those are your yeah. two options. Oh wow! <laughs> not consent. Wow. <laughs> Goodbye. Sorry, guys. I'm out. No oh, uh, shit. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. I'm, uh, I'm doing good. I went and watched uh, Top Gun by myself. Y'all ever just go to the movies like by yourself during the day? Yes. yes. It's the best well, time. It's the you best way the, to do it. You yeah. got the run of the place. It's great. Yeah. And so I was reminded of the time because Jennifer Connelly's in it, right? And I was oh, reminded. Oh, is that why I'm seeing her everywhere right now? I think so. I think that's uh. why she's like back in the consciousness. Mm. And uh, I was at a wedding one time that Jennifer Connelly was at. Bill Richardson's daughter, Anna Terrence, was her roommate in college. Uh-huh. And so she came to Whitesburg for the wedding. Oh, she and did there come was, to like, she came to our small town, like our she tiny, used to, tiny town. She used town. to come here all the time. Like you would see, like these people that were just a little out of place, and you're like, "Oh wait, that's that's the chick from Blood Diamond." <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm happy to be seeing her all over my timeline again, but it just seemed so coordinated. I didn't understand why everybody suddenly got into Jennifer Conley again. <laughs> Tom Cruise went back and made it right. That's what happened. I, <laughs> not, to, not to spoil, not to spoil the flick for you, but I remember distinctly being at the Presbyterian Church in Whitesburg, and they had an open bar at that wedding, and I had to uh, go to the bathroom, and I, what I did in there wasn't cute. <laughs> and I remember coming out with meat sweats and a purple mouth from drinking too much Pinot Grigio, and. <laughs> And opening the door and seeing the woman that <laughs> GQ magazine once said that her eyes are one of the 50 best things about being a man, just staring at me with those eyes like, you, you okay, buddy? <laughs> yes, I am, Jennifer Connell. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, so, yeah, so, so y'all are calling in to small town America from, what's the opposite of small town America? We don't have like a sort of, signifier for the city coastal elite yeah there is coastal elite yeah you're right yeah. Or, or jews you could just call us jews <laughs> cut to the chase There's, yeah <laughs> it's only true for me but you could say the that to run things <laughs> so so yeah so um if you want to use coastal elites that's up to you i feel like at this point people tried to use it ironically but i don't know we we need like a new name i feel like we need like a new sort of signifier or sort of moniker for what we call urban america right something, mm -hmm. something that is stand in opposition to small town america i mean well we have names for the individual city like we have the big apple the versus big small apple. town america yeah we have the big apple not they, new they york have... <laughs> they should call all urban america the big apple so the if, big you're not, apple. Yeah. if you're in seattle Cincinnati, <laughs> baby, the big ass. <laughs> oh, um, shit. But no, so we have we have the the ladies from Low Culture Boil on the show with us today. Um, one of you is calling in from New York, Rex. Is that correct? That's me. And yes. one of you is calling in from the other side of the of Los the, Angeles. Los yeah. Angeles. Mm -hmm. That's right. 
And it says Matt on my screen right now. Um, <laughs> my name Hi, is Amber Rollo, uh, but I had to use Matt's setup today because mine keeps on like fucking up and taking out parts of my recording, silencing me really. Uh, wow. I'm being shadow banned by it's my that, own Zoom. It's that built-in wow. software, that built-in mm-hmm. silencing women software. Exactly. <laughs> so I had to put Matt, yeah, I had to put the male version mm. on. Yeah, that makes sense. That's very confusing for me. I don't really know who I'm talking to right, right now. Same. <laughs> same. I don't recall having a podcast with this Matt person. Yeah, that's. I didn't consent to be recorded alongside Matt. That's, that's not where I'm at today. Well, then leave meeting, Rex, Leave meeting, okay? yeah. It's time to leave meeting. <laughs> well, in our town, the past few weeks i don't know really the last month or so um downtown like main street in our small town has a telephone poles lining the sidewalk just like any small town in america you know you you in the distance there's like a mountain and there's american flags and everything and and there's america there's usually american flags all over the light posts in our downtown but about a month ago they changed them out with a different flag. Very controversial. It, Buckle up. For very, this. Con- very controversial. This caused okay. a very big, yes, controversy on local Facebook and in our local um, newspaper for comment sections. Um, they the changed paper that. Paper record. Right. right. <laughs> the Mountain Eagle of Whitesburg, Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> they, they put these new flags in them that had a diagonal line going down it diagonally obviously and on the bottom was the united states flag as you would imagine we're in the united states but in the top part they put the ukrainian flag and (laughs) this really it it caused a huge stir not everybody was on board with it our our new mayor she's kind of i don't know she's kind of liberal i don't know how you would really describe Mm -hmm. no not so much liberal she just uh she's like a wine mom that's literally it. She's a, she's literally a wine mom. A which, wine mom. yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, it can be kind of fun to have a wine mom as mayor. Has has anybody ever had that? Like, you know that that I is. I don't think so. She's like the day ends at three. Um, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's in it's... a little curlicue font. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's a kind of yeah exactly. It's a, it's kind of like a cliche archetype in in American society, but they're not really in positions of power, and I think that's fucked up, obviously. Well, except Obviously. in their MLMs, I feel like they tend to right. get pretty oh, yeah. high up, right, and, right, right, like selling right. leggings and whatnot. Right, like political. That, power. That's true. That's true. That is right. the traditionally dominated by wine mom profession. <laughs> that's their mm-hmm. sphere. That's their politics. I think. Right, or or like sex cults, like Nexium. Was that a wine right. mom thing? That was kind of. I cool. mean, there were wine moms involved. I watched one of the like seven documentaries. I don't know why there's so many documentaries about there's, Nexium. There's but a it was lot. Like, was that Jared so Leto's many. outfit or not? It's a sexy name. <laughs> it's not Jared Leto's, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's sexy Leto-like. I he's think. got a, he's got a different sex cult. He does. His yeah. his is Nexium, but they wear all white. And also Jared Leto's involved, he, and I, then I do have to I have to credit this sex cult because, like, as someone who suffers from heartburn, you can experience <laughs> real social isolation and taboo from having to take the common uh, indigestion drug Nexium. But this sex cult <laughs> normalized the term 
<laughs> so that like I don't have to feel embarrassed about it anymore. It's just like Nexium. Nobody's nope. Yeah. No. Yeah, now Nexium. when you say you've got to go do some Nexium, people just think you mean sex cult sex activities. Cult. So right. it's better. <laughs> You're right. You see, cool. there is, I mean, to, to tie that bow together, there is always that awkward situation when you're staying with a girl for the first time and you're just laying there in bed just trying not to fart on her. For like, <laughs> yeah. or, or if your arm's asleep and you just don't want to move it and it's just like, uh-huh. very, very uncomfortable experience, to be honest with you. Yeah, as a fellow man, I can say that I have had that same experience as well. <laughs> ah, that's Matt. There he that's goes. That's just Matt for you. Classic Matt. That's swordsman. <laughs> um, um, I okay. So back to this uh, this flagpole situation. Yes. Is it? I, I need to understand how this is set up because is it? a diagonal cut out version of the American flag? Like it's just like part of the American flag and part of the Ukrainian flag? Or do they have them each separately, the full thing in each corner with like, what, like black space behind it? Now it's all part of one single piece of cloth, but they put like, it's like they cut in half, like diagonally, so that like Mm -hmm. the top quadrant is the Ukrainian flag and the bottom is the American flag. I mean, it's... Pretty. It's ugly. It's very ugly. ugly. Shit, yeah. Very, very ugly. You're, does the, not does not work together. The whole point of a flag <laughs> is to is to fly one color. Like no one flies yeah. two colors on their fucking flag. Mm-mm. Like the whole, ever since medieval times, you had your banner and one fucking thing was on it. You can't put two things right. on a fucking flag. You could put two flags. You could put two flags on one pole. You could put honestly. two flags in one pole. <laughs> Right, the whole setup is very friendly to just such a situation. That's it's right. such a big pole that you have. Plenty of space. So much you real can estate. Utilize. Yeah. Right. right. We actually had a flagpole at my in my front yard when I was a kid. We had like a like a giant American flag. Um, Hell yeah! In our front yard. That sounds because... embarrassing if you're a kid just to have like a military grade flag flying in your home. Super embarrassing. You see it's them like you're... off the interstate and shit in Dallas, like flip like flags the size yeah. of football fields. Like holy mm. fuck! And you're like, what stadium is that? And it's just some guy's compound. And it's, and it's right. just it's just it's just the Rollo House. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, my dad got my dad volunteered for us to be the polling place for our neighborhood and we lived in like a little suburb so people would come and vote in our garage uh and he was really into it so he was like you know what i'm going all the way i'm gonna put a giant it was oh my god it was so big it was so embarrassing and then okay this is a little bit dark so i'm so sorry but um when my mom passed away he lowered the flag to half mass that's very sweet it's very sweet but it seems so I don't think that's what that's for. It right. Seems so exactly. Right, right. right. <laughs> it's not not what it's for, but I do feel like if there's a general coming through your house to like offer his sympathies or whatever, he is going to look askance but like that, <laughs> he he is basically saying that like your mother was of national security importance. Like that's how mm-hmm. important and powerful she was in his life. That's why to me it's kind of sweet. It's like it is sweet. It's yeah. very sweet. There, it's sweet. There is. No, I do feel like website. you're probably on a list somewhere as <laughs> yeah. a result of that right action. Yeah. <laughs> Not like the highest priority list, probably. Right, right. There's a whole there's a whole website where it'll tell you if what level your flag should be at and why. Um, 
if you want to ever and like, why look it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> guy died <laughs> has died uh and what level that means you're supposed to put it at and when you're supposed to put it back up i learned this driving across the country because i kept on seeing flags down and i was like what who the fuck yeah i can't tell you who it was for but there's, there's like, a whole website there's like flag code and, mm-hmm. and surely our fucking flags were out of code there's no fucking oh, way absolutely I, I could yeah. imagine it causing quite a stir if it got into the wrong hands. If I just sent it the to like some <laughs> group in Kansas well, who was really, really insane about enforcing flag code, they're like, "No, fuck that!" And marched it down. My question is, whose protocols? Which nation's protocols do you use? If like the, you know, like if the flag hits the ground, you're supposed to burn sure. it or whatever. Right. Yeah. Do you defer to the Ukrainians or do you go American <laughs> on that? Oh shit! Great. See, it raises it's a real all conundrum. Kinds, it raises all kinds of legal questions. Legal. <laughs> like if someone makes a diaper out of the flag, what do you do? Right. It's like that's so germane to our interests. We were just talking about when Larry Flint made a diaper out of the American flag. That's <laughs> true. We were. <laughs> From the proud, podcast, not proud Kentucky and Larry Flint. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. He's a hillbilly. He's from. Uh, Where's he from? Oh yeah. I think he's from Salyersville, maybe. M- McGuffin County? Does that? He's from McGuffin County. Yeah, Salyersville. Yeah, I'm yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's. At the time that he was born, it was the poorest county in the country. <laughs> that's in the hills. And continues to hold the, the that mantle <laughs> still. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, named so for Brian McGoffin, which I learned this recently that he was. So when the Civil War kicked off, Kentucky was split on the question of secession versus state in the union. And Brian McGoffin famously said, we can't turn our back on our sister southern states, while the state legislature said, no, we're going to stay in the union, but we're going to keep the slavery part. So <laughs> they reached a, you know, an accord on that, and we just declared neutrality. So You declared neutrality? Like yeah, Kentucky just watched. That's a common... It's a, everybody says, like, oh, Kentucky is in the union. No, we just kind of waited to see which who was winning. Kind of took the most cowardly side. position. Like, possible, yeah, the most cowardly position possible. It's Switzerlandish, yeah. Right. Uh, okay, but the flag, I'm so sorry, is that sounds very ugly, and also American. the American flag is already one of the ugliest flags just exists. ugly as shit to begin with. Yeah. Ukraine yeah. isn't that pretty bad. Isn't any hot shakes either? I'll say it. It's yeah. an ugly flag. Uh, at least it's symmetrical. Okay, our flag is like not. What is going on in that upper left bullshit. corner? Yeah, absolute <laughs> postmodern bullshit. You're with, right. With the dumbass stars and the colors are ugly. Yeah, no, it is fucking don't bullshit. <laughs> where you want to be? Where you want to be is Barbados. Yeah, is that it's a good got, flag? They got the goddamn trident on there. That's oh, cool. I like hell. that. Pretty yeah. badass. I, yeah. I mean, I like the I like the Mexican flag. That's beautiful to me. The eagle is very cool. Uh, I think. What other? I like Canada. I like, Canada's got a leaf. Oh yeah. my god, the Canadian like flag. The leaf. Hell yeah. Good flag. Simple, yeah. elegant, symmetrical, beautiful. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Effective. Honestly, Effective. the Maryland flag, the one that people from Maryland are so annoying about. I do get it. It's pretty cool. Is it like yeah. someone stepping on a king's neck or something? Yes. Yeah, that is pretty tight. Virginia, Virginia pretty tight. too. It's got the woman with her titties out stepping on the Oh, yeah, crowd. That cool. yeah. <laughs> That's very cool. Extremely cool. Virginia. Yeah, yeah, love it. <laughs> states do that. I don't. I feel like states put graphics on their flags, whereas you don't ever see like a country with a very elaborate 
flag like that, I don't feel like. I'd like to see that. I feel like more countries should put like their coolest legend as <laughs> yeah. their flag. I agree. I absolutely Like the agree. British flag should just be a, a photograph of King Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're not going to do that for me. They're, they never listen to my letters suggesting uh. how they should handle <laughs> matters of state. <laughs> Been trying for years. Yeah. Hey, Britain, it's me again. Ten more ideas that are going to rock your shit. Yeah. Just uh, got a couple more we'll throw at you there. Take them or leave them. in the file. Yeah. 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 Uh, like, Germany trying to make a flag would be a very awkward situation. Oh. Everybody's, everybody's looking at Yikes. them like, huh? So what are you going to do? Let's and they're see. like National history. National history. 1939. Mm. Nope. Mm. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then it's just like, in the end, it's just the Mercedes logo or something. <laughs> <laughs> or the That'd Porsche sick, logo. Though. That's pretty cool. That's like yeah. Cool. That'd be great. Yeah. They yeah. made some nice cars, Germany. They kind of made up for it with the other stuff, right. but You're some right. nice cars. <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they made up for it. Almost. <laughs> they sure gave it a, a college try anyways. They tried so hard they, to they undo tried. all the goodwill of inventing the Mercedes Benz. I will say this about the Germans. It's not like in the South where it's like you have like uh, Nathan Bedford Forest Elementary School. You know what I mean? There's no Joseph Mingle of middle school floating around. So you got to give them a little, a little credit for that. Uh-huh. I love that it would be a middle school. That's like the worst age of humans. Oh, yeah. 10 yeah. to 13. That's right. a bunch of little mangalas to begin with. You're right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so to round the flag story out, um, I just noticed yesterday that they replaced all the flags with American flags. So... That means some hard conversations had to have been had, I think. Someone had some hard conversations. And uh, and they're learning and doing better, I think, and trying <laughs> to do better. Um, but I mean, I, it's such a wine mom idea to begin with. Yes. To be like, you know, have a glass of wine. What if we mash these two flags together because of togetherness? Like that's Maybe. you're right. That's it's the so kind of crown project you come up with when you're a middle aged lady. I like it. <laughs> you're right. It's, you just put it's it on tacky. a pillow, you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> Line the street with pillows. People are like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, if I don't know if I I believe that some conversations were had i feel like maybe someone just quietly someone just it. quietly <laughs> was like she forget just replaced them. yeah yeah i have never it. known a wine mom to forget about a craft project though that's <laughs> that's a misguided line of thinking if that's what happened uh, it is it is funny because it's like i don't know y'all's familiarity with eastern kentucky but uh not really known for our um slav diaspora you know <laughs> so yeah, it was that makes of, sense it's kind of a yeah ill-fated project to begin with but in any case she tried she tried she tried, something. she tried something and honestly like i think in today's day and age where i get on twitter today and the first news i see is that netflix is no longer paying for so-called expensive vanity projects like the irishman 
And and I think that in a world that's trying to stifle creativity, someone taking a risk like that with Main Street and uh, how our town looks, I think that deserves recognition and honor. Yeah. That was like her, I, the Irishman. Her, that was her that was Irishman. Her. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that was her Robert De Niro vanity project. Mm-hmm. She right. had, she had two hits. She she came on the scene strong when she did the Instagram butterfly wings on the wall. She did town. do that. Yeah. Oh. I didn't love that- it. I wasn't crazy about it either, but I was willing to. I was willing to walk it. I was okay. Let's see what she's got for an encore, and then for the encore, she hung the umbrellas. <laughs> like, umbrellas. There's like these umbrellas yeah, hanging. She from, did this thing where she hung. She did this thing where she's like strung. So in between our city hall and our drug court, she strung some like fishing wire, I guess, and hung all these umbrellas so that it looks. And then, and then, like the umbrellas are lit from above, right? So that it looks like green yeah. and blue, and you could take an Instagram photo there, and you know, have oh. your like your way to drug court. kicking out. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like it's a good idea, but like maybe not in drug court. But drug yeah, court. right, right next or to the drug court was great. an interesting <laughs> creative choice. <laughs> She's like, these people are gonna be high off of their balls. They are gonna love my They're umbrella. Gonna fucking lane. love it. Yeah, this installation. Uh, this Instagram installation. Okay, so she's trying to bring tourism to your town. She's trying to bring. She's trying to bring tourism. That the third trick she had up her sleeve was a total curveball. I mean, you know that was like a, you know, like an author writing. That would have been like if F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote something crazy after the Great Gatsby. You know, out of left field. Like mm-hmm. we're talking a curveball, right? And uh, I mean, and I applaud it. She got she got like her first two like I mean you could see if you read into it these uh these like little installations you could see it being a little bit political like the angel wings were about yeah. like remembering our fallen uh, fellow citizens or something right. and the umbrellas <laughs> right. were about the the rain coming down on on people going to drug court but uh, the umbrellas <laughs> the umbrellas were turned upside down which is decidedly oh, postmodern it is postmodern yes. to have the upside down oh, I umbrella. didn't know that I was thinking yeah I was with Amber, I was like, maybe what she's saying is that, like, it, you we got know, you covered. drug court is your <laughs> safe haven from the rain. That's mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she was like, you know what? They're not getting it. They're not getting my political message. I'm going. I to have to go. be more overt. <laughs> Balls to the wall. Let's stitch the fucking flags together. More explicit. Uh, Enough with the subtext. She's going straight exactly. to the point. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> There was uh, it, our our biggest flag incident. Well, it's not even an incident. There's there's this place. So we've kind of close to the Virginia Tennessee borders, and when you cross over into Tennessee, there's this big flag in this guy's yard, and it has the American flag, the Israeli flag, the Confederate flag. <laughs> briefly, briefly, he had the Filipino flag up there. I don't he know, did. pro pro <laughs> Duterte, maybe. I don't know. Basically. It was literally a Nazi. It was a, a Nazi lived there who hadn't quite realized yet that they were a Nazi. They were you could see them yeah. working towards it in real time. They're like yeah. America, the Confederacy, Israel, 
And then <laughs> do and the Philippines. And perhaps the most fascist of all, the University of Tennessee. <laughs> Rounding out the fall. You're right. That yeah, that is the honestly the gateway drug for fascism. University of Tennessee, <laughs> Knoxville. I mean, you know when I was staying. Maybe. <laughs> Sorry, when I was staying in, uh, I was staying in Knoxville for like a month. I was doing a writer's residency on a farm, and I like went out for a walk one day and passed this guy's home, and he had a mashup flag, which was the Confederate flag mashed up with the Ethiopian flag, and I have never been more confused. What is your viewpoint, sir? Huh. What is your stance? What that's, are you trying to communicate to me? All right, that's got to... me genuinely flummoxed. That's yeah, it had me flummoxed. Yeah, I kept walking by like every day for the rest of my residency, thinking like maybe he'll be outside and I can put See, my what... mind to rest because I I think about this every day of my life now. It's it's never going to go away. It, it could be it could be a you know because I mean, like I don't know. It could be like a sort of like middle class. <laughs> You know, moderately wealthy guy. I would assume probably a pretty nice house. Was it a pretty nice house? No, no, it was. Uh, it wasn't like a, a shithole or anything. Right, right. But it Middle there, there were some of the signs of like hillbilly activity, like a bunch of parts out in the yard and whatnot. Right, 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 right. Right, right. Uh, God, that's yeah. Uh, it's a puzzler. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You know how like there were like a lot of Confederates that went to like Paraguay and like places like that, like uh-huh. after the war and like. Seems like it would probably be uh, butt heads with their mission to go to Ethiopia if it was like yeah, one of those it would. Deals, you know. There's black you people know, there's all over Ethiopia, sort of like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they've heard about who mostly lives in Ethiopia. <laughs> they, they I feel just... like they're not going to like it once they get there. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, yeah, I think uh, I think it's not what you you're bargaining for. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a very different Ethiopia than whatever you had in your head from the Bible or whatever. <laughs> yeah. The white Bible. Yeah. This was a mistake. I think this guy accidentally got the wrong flag. <laughs> uh, egg on his face. <laughs> yeah. Could you It would be funny if that was the case. And this guy, like your average Joe America, like he doesn't know who lives in Ethiopia and he is Yes, he is a conf- an unreconstructed Confederate, hates black people, and goes to Ethiopia, and he has a great awakening. He has a spiritual rebirth and comes back to America and, you know, tries to lead the fight against civil, <laughs> uh, in the civil rights struggle in the 1960s. I think that would be make a great movie. Or that. he becomes like a Haile Selassie, like Rasta type guy. <laughs> That's what I was assuming, yeah. That would be an interesting conversion. <laughs> Right, I would right. watch that movie. I feel like it would have a really good montage. I feel like there's a fish out of water kind of scenario. Here. Maybe yeah. it was that guy. Maybe this guy did have that journey, and he uh, he likes to keep up both flags as like a sign that he will talk to anybody his about his journey and yes. growth, and he tries to convert others into his mindset. Oh, like oh, I hate, boy. I hated him. I hated him. Then I went to. <laughs> I Ethiopia. was like you. <laughs> I was just like you. <laughs> I was just like you. <laughs> like no, I'm not like you, boys. I know like what you, you think. I, yeah. I'm just curious to know what the fuck. What was it that I hated so damn much? <laughs> I googled the flag of Ethiopia like six times because I kept thinking I must be looking at it wrong. This has to be. Not that. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh-huh. I am 
still upset about it because it, it doesn't make sense. I need it to make sense. Right. Well, I mean, mm. like, didn't Mussolini in- invade Ethiopia? Uh, maybe there's something there. Maybe this guy. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was a, a colonized by the Italians for a little bit. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. Sorry. That's kind of obscure, though. Very you, obscure. You want to answer for that, Rollo? Or? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that means I'm German. Oh, this is not helping. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I so on that note, there is an article in the New York Times that I told Tom I wanted to read with you all. Um, mm-hmm. If you're so down, segue to, the, to this. <laughs> it'll have it'll. Well, it'll... I mean, it's me answering for yeah, my jeans. Italian war crimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it'll have. There's a connection here. <clears throat> the connection is the idea of genes. Uh, we're going to be reading something in the New York Times about genetics that you know it's going to be good. If it's in the New York Times and it's about genetics, it's 100% going to be full of really smart stuff. <laughs> I love nothing more than when the paper of record does race science. Right. Oh, yeah. And they, they do a surprising uh, amount of it. <laughs> they knock it out of the park every time. Every, every they are the time. leading innovators of yeah. race science these days. They are. It, it is connected as well because there is a picture of the American flag on the article. That's like the first picture. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, the article is in the New York Times. It's called, How Much Do Your Genes Shape Your Politics? Um, and no, not not your blue jeans. <laughs> <laughs> but those two. <laughs> so stupid. All right. Um, this is by Thomas Edsel. Edsel. I mean, like the I oldest th- guy ever. Yes. Looking mm-hmm. at this picture, this, this is guy, the oldest man. This guy gets like a a syndicated column in like every small town newspaper. I feel like I I don't I just remember seeing his name a lot in our it, it, like news local newspaper here, but also growing up in my town. Like I feel like he's a pretty. I, he's not he's not banging out heaters like he used to like uh, i think his <laughs> glory days were like the 90s and 2000s but i think he's still just plugging away <laughs> he got good taste in eyewear it's got to be tough if you have to generate a new opinion like once or twice yeah. a week i don't think i have that many opinions every week oh i know mm-hmm. i know so at a certain point you got to get to this point of like I don't know. Do your genetics <laughs> give you bad politics? Like that's just where he's Let's at. Let's just at this try it out. Career. Let's try it on for size. Let's see what just throwing it at the wall, seeing what sticks. <laughs> this does not stick for me. This sucks right. so much. Um, An old uh, that this old of a man should not be able to not be allowed to have this opinion. Um, that's what because, I'm saying. Like right. you're right. too old to decide if it's your genes. Like you've already just <laughs> gone through a life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that ship has sailed, sir. Yeah, you're right. You should no sense able... in coming in revelations now. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. After a certain age, you should not be able to weigh in on genetic. I agree. Yeah. Issues. Um, but uh, a lot of this article is weird because uh, obviously it's in the opinion section. But a lot of this article, he fucking takes like block quotes out, like entire like copy and paste from like books and like reports and stuff so i don't know if i'm gonna he had a deadline and he was not ready for it (laughs) (laughs) exactly he's just pasting in quotes at random (laughs) right right like yes like a 21 year old on adderall like the night before just like (laughs) (laughs) 
guy um, who should be writing this article, actually. Right, right, right. right, right. Actually, right. yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to start here. Partisan polarization remains the dominant, seemingly unalterable condition of American politics. Pew Research declared in November 2021, a year after a presidential election that drew the most voters in American history. Republicans and Democrats agree on very little, and when they do, it is often shared. It is often in the shared belief that they have little in common. If anything, this holds even truer today. In The Law of Group Polarization, Cass Sunstein of Harvard Law School, but, but is, didn't Cass Sunstein work in the Obama administration? Isn't he like a kind of Obama guy? Yeah, that's like when you describe Harvard as a college in Boston. Like, everyone knows what you're talking about. Don't bury the lead. Right, right. Um, the, the name of this paper is very strange, too. The law of group polarization. Like, it's a very bold thing to say that it's a law. You know what I'm saying? It's a, like it's a law of thermodynamics or something. This is the law of group polarization. This is why there is polarization. It's like as a science. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah, yeah. It's just sociology, man. It's it's not real. <laughs> anything is anything. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, on the fly, trying to figure out who the fuck Cass Sunstein is. Um, he I'm, was he was like a, uh, the uh, one of the regulatory guys in the Obama administration. That's what I thought. He also he also sounds like he might have been like uh, one of Meyer Lansky's like right hand men in like Las Vegas <laughs> in the fifties. Yeah, he um, has, he wrote a book called "The World According to Star Wars and Nudge." Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not. That's the guy we're consulting yeah. on this opinion column? No, okay. you're right, Ever. It's a book about the Star Wars franchise. It's not like about Star Wars, the Reagan thing. It's a guy well, wrote <laughs> The Law of Group Polarization about genes, also wrote a book about fucking Star Wars. That's what I'm saying. It's sociology. Anything is anything. Genes mm-hmm. is Star Wars. You're right. It doesn't matter. You're right. <laughs> Just making shit up. Call it a law. Who cares? He was uh, he was the ad- administrator of the White House Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs right. in Obama's administration. So, um, whatever that means. Right. I mean, yeah. I'm. I guess what I'm trying to determine is like how many bodies does this guy have on him? You know what I mean? Like how mm. much blood is on his hands? Like if he works in the administration, like anybody who goes anywhere near. Like a an, a governmental administration has some degree of blood on their hands, so like, you know, how much does this guy have? Probably like a decent amount, right? Like, probably a decent amount. He's not like Kissinger level, but he's obviously he's not like low level EPA bureaucrat either, you know. What what is what is that office that he was? I've already forgotten the name of it because it was the most boring assembly of words so, I've ever it's heard. so right. dumb. The Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs. Um, it is... I Oh my god, it's so much bureaucracy. It's just boring words. See, it's just one right after the other. <laughs> if he would have been doing a good job, we wouldn't have the problem today we have with misinformation. That's true. It is his fault. We would not have fake news if it were for this man. You're right. I think his job was to like intake information, and then he decides whether it's correct or not. Uh huh. And then he publishes all those articles where, when you Google something, like 
how to cook burgers and you click on the first thing, the whole page is like, <laughs> what is a hamburger? What is a grill? Yeah, yeah. You're right. What's the Actually, reason for that? He hand draws all the wiki hows, you know, about like how to give yeah. a cat medicine and stuff. That's his doing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, actually, he does have quite a bit of blood on his hands um, because this department uh, reviews draft rules. Ah. Ah. Okay. Yeah. And well, all right, Cass. It looks like it's in the <laughs> Office of Management and Budget, which that's the, if I remember correctly, like the regulatory agency that they were going to put Nira Tandon in charge of. That would have been pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, so, uh, so let's... So let's see. So a pretty good amount of blood in his hands then. Mm-hmm. All right. That's good to know. Um, <laughs> of Harvard Law School, Kath Sunstein of Harvard Law School and a pretty good amount of blood on his hands from working <laughs> in the Obama administration argues that people who are opposed to the minimum wage are likely after talking to each other to be still more opposed. People who tend to support gun control are likely after discussion to support gu- gun control with considerable enthusiasm. Sensing continues, this general phenomenon, group polarization, has many implications for economic, political, and legal institutions. It helps to explain extremism, radicalization, cultural shifts in the behavior of political parties and religious organizations. It is closely connected to current concerns about the consequences of the Internet. It also helps account for feuds, ethnic antagonism, and tribalism. What is driving Uh... these trends? Ethnic antagonism. Ethnic antagonism. Ethnic antagonism. Is that racism? That's just (laughs) saying slurs to black people and Jews online, right? right? That's what's being described there? Right. Mm -hmm. I think where he's going with this is that if you say slurs, it's because you're genetically predisposed to do so. (laughs) It's not your fault. I was born this way. I was born this way. It's not my fault. That song, but about ethnic antagonism. Exactly. And a little bigoted boy racist. somewhere in the country. Right. Yeah. Here's that song, and he's like, wow, Cass Sunstein, thank you. <laughs> um, what, is oh, dri- wow. what is driving these trends? The topic of nature versus nurture in political attitude formation is highly controversial, to say the least, with social scientists, as a rule, reluctant to venture into hereditary waters. Nonetheless, the topic oh continues. Boy. <laughs> nonetheless, the topic continues to interest researchers. You always got to be on the lookout for researchers. You know what I mean? People like, who are just like Andrew des- Sullivan. People yeah. who are described as researchers. So like, what are you, man? Are you an academic? Yeah. A writer? You're a researcher. I'm not convinced those people what are end? real. I feel like yeah. he just wanted to make up some person to kind of shoehorn mm-hmm. his opinion column into. They're always doing shit like that. They are. You're right. If you read this like start to finish, <laughs> it's so full of hedging. Everything. Every other sentence is like often or nearly or a little or somebody else said uh-huh. it, not me. It's just like either put your balls into it or shut the fuck up. Don't make me read your opinion column. You're right. It's not even your opinion. It's researchers. You're right. It's researchers. (laughs) (laughs) You just made them up. You you don't even describe any of them except Cass Sunstein, the Star Wars book guy. The Star Wars book guy, right. (laughs) The researchers part is just kind of a buffer in case he's accused of, uh, you know, igniting, uh, what do you call it, ethnic tensions or whatever. Ethnic antagonism. Ethnic antagonism. Uh So he's like, well, listen, I'm just reporting the news here. It's these researchers that are the racists. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. It's just a scapegoat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
listen to this. This is a side tangent, but I can't let this go. This is very strange. Cass Sunstein also read a book called Nudge. It's mm-hmm. called Nudge, Improving Decisions About Health, Wealth, and Happiness. The book draws on research in psychology and behavioral ec- economics to defend libertarian paternalism and active engineering of choice architecture. The d- book also popularized the concept of nudge theory. A nudge, according to Thaler and Sunstein, is any form of choice architecture that alters people's behavior in a predictable way without restricting options or significantly changing their economic incentives to count as a mere nudge the intervention must require minimal intervention and must be cheap it's it's like it's like they've tried to use sociology as you're saying earlier rex to like engineer a way to change people's minds is that basically what this is going for that's what it sounded like i mean Mm -hmm. that even that whole description of that book is all hedging it's not like here's something concrete you can do to achieve your end it's all like the a nudge, the smallest amount of whatever. Yeah, see, he's trying to do his best Malcolm Gladwell there. It's yeah. tipping <laughs> point. You know, it's little echoes of it's, that. What Stop it, trying to make nudge happen. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Nudge ain't happening, Cass. What it is, yeah, we, what it is, I clicked as soon as I opened up the summary thing. These are evolutionary psychologists. Like, I, I don't really know a whole lot about them, but these are the infamous evolutionary psychologists. People that think that, like, Certain behaviors of humans are the way they are because they developed, like, on the savanna, I guess. Right? Yeah. And, it, you know, and therefore you can't be mad at me for wanting to bang teenagers is where it always goes. <laughs> it always. Every time. Always. It's never more than six steps you're, away. From honestly, every yeah. time. you're so fucking right. And that explains why, like, Stephen, Stephen Pinker was, like, so tight with Epstein. Because, like, he, they really were trying to... And Ka- I'm sure Cass Sunstein was, too. All these fucking Oh, I'm guys. sure he was. Damn. I'm about to just sit here Googling Cass Sunstein, Epstein plane, <laughs> like a <laughs> lunatic. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, this is, like, this book is in... The genre of like evolutionary psychology. It attempts to explain human nature, but it's doing it in a way like you're right. They're hedging. They're not telling you what their intentions are or why they're doing it. They're just stating it like scientifically, like oh no, this is human nature, and you know this by ex- yeah. He's like uh, at first, you know, it, Roman Polanski seems abhorrent, but when you really parse it <laughs> apart, <laughs> when you consider the man on the Savannah Plain. He wasn't thinking about Roman Polanski. He was something of a Polanski himself, that man. Right. No, you're right. These books, I've read a couple of them because I hate myself and don't Mm -hmm. value my time or energy. And they, you know, most most books of this genre end with some kind of call to action. Like, even if the writer is not himself telling you to do something, there's a general, like, conclusion that tells you the way things should be. These books never have that. It's always either we have to go back or just trailing off awkwardly because no, the guy doesn't want to like be the one saying, right. and that's why I want to bang teenagers, right, 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 or, right, and that's right. why women should get paid less. Like You don't want to be the one with that opinion. Right. You farm it off onto researchers, and then you just kind of trail off, and that's just your book. Dot, dot. Right. <laughs> or, and it's the same with like race science, like with yeah. the bell curve and everything, too. It feels very much like these are the kinds of people, which is very crazy that Cass Sunstein wrote a book about this, but I guess it makes sense. These are the kind of people who would go on Rogan in, in, in a lot of ways. 
So yeah. I don't know. It reminds me of like I think maybe Cass Sunstein might actually be alpha masculinity, Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. He's the guy making all those posts. Like, how do you approach? <laughs> look at the, look at the guy. Open. He exudes sexual sexuality. If you look at it, is that is that is that alpha fit? masculinity? Was the guy who wrote the um, women should not ride horses uh, post? <laughs> That's absurd. Because yeah. it's too. Because they're just coming. They're just mm-hmm. up there coming and coming <laughs> all the time, and they shouldn't that was- do that. Look at them. They're having too much fun. <laughs> I posted picture after picture of hot lady on horses. The maxim ladies on horses. This is what it looks like. Look out for look out for the, the beast. I, I live in Lexington, Kentucky, the horse capital of the world. So like every time I go somewhere, I always see like, you know, like horse girls that are like stealing the get up and everything. And next time I'm just going to be like. I see, I see what you're doing. No, you should do that to the horse. The horse is. Yeah, I probably probably shouldn't be doing that to anyone. Okay, so sorry about the cast sunscreen detour. Just an interesting guy. That's okay. Nonetheless, the topic continues to interest researchers, and there's a fairly constant stream of papers by credible and often esteemed scholars who have increasingly weighed in to argue that political behavior demonstrates both biological underpinnings and environmental influences. Far- Which ones? Which ones? Yeah, Which please. esteemed scholars? <laughs> right. Be plain. What's going on? Say something. He can only name five. five. The next paragraph, he names the five, the five researchers in academia who are willing to be this stupid and crazy. And that's it. That's right. You're right. They wrote a paper. What is the paper from? 2011. It's called Linking Genetics and Political Attitudes, Reconceptualizing Political Ideology. They write that the evidence is now clear that certain phobias, preferences, and behaviors are innate. Phobias maybe, but could phobias maybe, but could humans be born with political predispositions, particularly predispositions concerning the specific context-dependent individual issues and analyzed in the behavioral genetics work? Research in political science is beginning to take seriously that this is indeed the case. A small but growing literature in the discipline has found consistent evidence that political attitudes and behaviors are at least partially hereditable, and other studies have reported correlations between specific genes and political phenotypes. Mm. Any uh, anybody want to take <laughs> small take but growing, huh? Yeah. So five yeah. researchers <laughs> <laughs> growing to six. Yeah. Okay. Right. We found some brave men and women really ready to challenge the stigma of uh, sex with teenagers. Is what this really? Why? <laughs> like, why even write this? I mean, if the if the case is that we just are born the way that we are, and we're gonna have the the ideas that we already have then why write a paper about it you can't that's change a anything question. yeah if that's really the case then what good does it do to point that out to the tens of people who will ever read this paper right I, I think... unless if you want to have sex with children which is <laughs> he's getting there yeah give it a second <laughs> it's political phenotypes now but we're we're gonna get into skull shapes and then i know there, i can't wait a... i've been waiting for the skull shapes where is that gonna happen the, he does use the term uh low knowledge and i <laughs> does that mean stupid people because that's a crazy thing to say you're, about anybody you're right <laughs> I mean, he he like goes another paragraph just to say that like that, look, there's a lot of data. We're not just making this up. 
Um, I feel like a well, lot seeing of these... things is not data. Right, right, seeing... right, right. This guy I know, he's my data. He lives <laughs> down the street and he's fucking crazy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's who I consulted for this paper. My dad and them. They uh, so, anyways, he's talking about these researchers. Um, He says they go on to argue that the results show that quote political knowledge facilitates the expression of genetic predispositions in mass politics. Um, Low, (laughs) and yeah, here's the quote you just referenced. (laughs) They conclude (laughs) low knowledge citizens. (laughs) Excuse me. Fuck. What is a low knowledge citizen? That's just stupid people. Yeah, that's dumb dummies. Uh, that's um, one of the funniest fucking terms I've ever heard in my life. It's got Why bring citizenship into it? That. Yeah, right. Why does they have to be citizens? Yeah. Low. They pay taxes and they're dumb as shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that whole sentence is crazy. Low knowledge citizens may inherit. Genetic ideological predispositions like their high knowledge peers. So smart people. That is insane. What do those terms mean? Yeah, they're high knowledge peers. Low knowledge and high knowledge. Like, that anybody would look at society. It is crazed. It is crazed that someone would look out at society and the dichotomy that they see is high (laughs) knowledge and low low knowledge people. (laughs) Just, I, we gotta have them get more knowledge, and everything will balance out. Or less, out. maybe. Or yeah. maybe the high knowledge ones. Yeah, are the give the high knowledge ones. people You're less educated. knowledge. You're give right. Give them lobotomies and give the low knowledge people some books, and then everyone meets in the middle, and it's gonna be a great society. Uh-huh. The, yeah. the high knowledge need to go to Jupiter to get more stupider, and the low knowledge <laughs> need to go to college to, to get, get more, more knowledge. knowledge. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> And then we'll just meet, and everybody will just be of average intelligence. So. And then we'll make a flag that has a high knowledge diagonal with low knowledge. Right. No, uh, right, right. And we'll all be united. <laughs> Everybody's subservient to the high knowledge, low knowledge flag. Oh, no, no. High knowledge should be on the bottom, I guess. That would be, right. that right. seems only fair. Right. God damn it. Low knowledge need to go to college. Um,. I think that is another thing that you're that they're working at here, though, Tom. You're right. Like, they're they are kind of hitting at like the d- divide between those with and without college degrees in a in a way. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's I, that's I, what I, I thought. But that's then just say people who have such and such degrees. degree, people who don't. Right? right. What was wrong with that? Low college graduates, non college yeah, graduates. Right, it's like it's like he was trying to dance around so like calling something somebody stupid and ended up being more insulting than if a he was just yeah. moron. I'm talking about morons. Yeah. <laughs> These cold smudged reprobates. <laughs> oh fuck. Hmm. Um, political knowledge is a key binding element for that political development. Mer- mer- merging two important and related but isolated fields. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Scholars in the field of politics and hereditability are generally in agreement. Hereditability are generally in agreement about the partial hereditability of political ideology. 
in a specific. Okay, but this is a self-determining thing. Like scholars in the field of politics and heritability. Right. What type of people <laughs> go into that? field of study one's right. looking for that link you're yeah. right <laughs> you're exactly right and then they develop a methodology to prove themselves correct like see yeah, yeah. and then they call themselves high knowledge citizens and that's they're their not. whole career <laughs> those people yeah, these they are think some they're high knowledge, knowledge they're actually citizens. some low knowledge yeah <laughs> these citizens are low knowledge as fuck <laughs> Take my friend Alan Dershowitz, for example. He's high knowledge. He's very high knowledge. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, there's a percentage coming. There's a statistic, and it sounds deeply made up. <laughs> You're right. Um, tw uh, twin studies, they, they love twin studies. Mm -hmm. uh, twin studies show that political ideology is about 40% heritable. How do you figure? How can you say that? 40%. <laughs> I don't know. That feels the like number. one of those things you can't really put a number to, but they did anyway. Are they saying that, like, twins are more likely to have the same set of beliefs? Yes, it does seem like that's what they're saying, but I'm sorry. Um, twins generally grow up together, I guess, unless if they only yeah. studied twins that didn't grow up together, that, like, got adopted oh, into different... parent trap situations. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Parent trap twins. How many parent trap uh, twins, sets of twins, are both are separated, like, Republican and Democrat? That's right. the question. Right. And they say about 40% of the time they are, which means absolutely nothing to me. There are so many other factors. There's so much going on in the life of a twin. Right. Yeah. Can you have a twin that's high knowledge and one that's low knowledge? <laughs> <laughs> and whoever comes out last is the low knowledge. One. It's like uh, it's uh, really interesting. I think he is like trying to do something with that high knowledge, low knowledge thing. He's like uh, saying that part you're not born with. Like you're not born. He's like you do acquire knowledge. It's not like you're just born stupid. Right. But. Uh, Speak for yourself. <laughs> but this guy clearly was, so I don't know. Um, the, okay, in in separate work examining the liberal conservative ideological spectrum in world terms, communism to fascism, not Democrats and Republicans. Okay, what what does that mean? I don't I don't understand what that means. In separate work okay. examining, um, Rose. He's saying this. The spectrum's way wider than Democrats to Republicans. He's I see. saying, like, okay. Yeah, okay. They, fa uh, this they found that 60% of overall liberal conservative ideology is genetically influenced. Um, they stress the dangers of misinterpreting their data. Um, they like this guy's doing now? We're seeing the dangers. <laughs> Do not write a fucking Terrence, you were right in the, wrong, in the wrong hands. You called it. <laughs> This is like making the ring of power or something and then being like, but don't wear it. Like, the yeah. Yeah, study yeah, yeah. is the ring of power of political <laughs> academia. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh-huh. He does, he does quote their email. Like, I think they emailed, or he may have emailed them, and then they emailed mm -hmm. him back, and they were like, don't misinterpret this. And, I mean, he, I guess that's why he quoted them at length. Um. Then it says, how does this affect polarization? The problem is that different people solve it differently, and it would be one thing if everyone only solved it for themselves, but that is not how it works. People want everyone else to solve it the same way they do. 
pro-life, pro-choice, etc. So you ask why it doesn't converge to universality over time, like vision. Um, all healthy people have two eyes. Well, likely because we need both tendencies in a population to survive. Think of sex here. So he's saying like evolutionarily, the the concepts conservative <laughs> and progressive like developed, and we need them in the population. Is, mm. is that what he's saying? So we need conservatives. Yeah, to, it was, that's what he said. So we need conservatives to compete and fight and defend against other people, animals, climate, etc. And we need liberals to cooperate and build houses and so on. If you only have one side, you would end up with a lot of annihilation. Holy fuck! Everybody <laughs> plays. Everybody plays their part, baby. <laughs> you, you need, uh, conservatives are hunters and liberals are gatherers, and you need them both. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking stupid oh um, this is such a poorly written thing he didn't even write it he just pasted quotes from an email into it and right. called it a day <laughs> in fairness at 80 yeah i'll probably be doing worse <laughs> that's true yeah they should let him retire so that he doesn't have to keep totally you know <laughs> determining high knowledge and low knowledge right, and whatnot. right yeah make him a We're low knowledge Put him back out to pasture with the rest of us low knowledge people. You've worked him too hard. Yeah, in the high knowledge you put stables. Too much knowledge in there. There's He's too much not knowledge, a high knowledge in there. Citizen. Yeah. Send him to Jupiter. That's right. Yeah. Right. You need to send him to Jupiter to get more stupider. He needs it. Oh uh, shit. Um. Um, anyways, uh, in integrating genetics into the study of electoral behavior, political scientists at Penn State make the case that contemporary political issues can mirror prompts or situations encountered by human beings in the distant past. Okay, like, that, that's the thing where I get off board. I, like, things, things, like, low oh, knowledge, really? high knowledge, I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a bridge too far. <laughs> It's like when you say the distant past, like, yes, things from your childhood and like your father's childhood and maybe your grandfather's childhood. But that's a stretch. But the distant past, like like that, that influences how we operate the fucking political maze, the, the, the political world. Evo psych, baby. <laughs> Everything, every decision that we make was actually already made by some jerk off 30,000 years ago <laughs> who did not live in this country yet. We are just coasting. It is. It, Evo psych. You're right. It's just, yeah. it's complete. I mean, they can say whatever they want because obviously we can't interview the cavemen. So it's like, how the fuck yeah. do we know how they're, you know what I mean? Like. As far as I know, cavemen's whole deal was like dying super young and eating <laughs> mammoths and drawing dicks on the wall. Like kind yeah. of the same as us, yeah. actually. You were a man yeah. like by the age of 12. You could kill, kill a bear and like skin it and shit by like 13. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. And then you were writing your first op-ed for the New York Times at like 14. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Then, then you died of something weird at 27. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> um... Modern-day ideological issues surrounding sexual freedoms, mores, and parenting are reflected in the prehistoric... Oh, okay. The There's pre the sexual... Okay, there I told it is. you. There it is. Every time, he buried it at the end. Yeah, just this motherfucker. Right you got it. He's like, this is about racism. This is about uh, politics. Yeah. Um, he hadn't even given it its own sentence. He just stuck it in between some commas and hoped people weren't going to notice. That's right. You're right. Just, like, just looked around and slid it in there. 
into the last edit before anyone could <laughs> tell him not to. Um, yeah, uh, modern day ideological issues surrounding sexual freedoms, mores, and parenting are reflected in the prehistoric need for access to mates and to ensure the survival uh, of offspring. <laughs> access to mates, sir. <laughs> You did not have to phrase it that way. <laughs> you didn't have to write that in the New York Times. You could have said that any other way. Access to mates. Yo, we can have some access to mates this weekend, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Going out to the club trying to access some right. bitches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, uh, in modern parlance what he's saying is, uh, yeah, that's uh, the same as having 10, 11 bitches. This is what he's trying to get. <laughs> Uh, policy views on immigration are a little different than the primal need to recognize and protect against unknown, unlike and potentially dangerous others. Codified laws, policing, and punishment are akin to dealing with Moore's violators in hunter-gatherer societies. So now they're saying the hunter-gatherers had cops. Like, give me That's a fucking break. That's just not true. No one that believes can't that. can't be correct. That's Nobody thinks that. You wouldn't believe it, but our forebears had cops and child brides. And that's just the way. <laughs> that is man's natural. <laughs> not true. Everyone died as a child. There was no child. I mean... Yeah, you couldn't have a child. It wasn't bride. a child bride. bride. It, it was, was just brides. Yeah. It was a bride. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> I was reading a book about a medieval history that makes yeah. the case that, like, you know, because medieval jokes, everybody kind of thinks of fart jokes right. and like sex humor, toilet humor. That's kind of the medieval vibe. And the author's like, because everyone in medieval society was like 19 years old, like people were just dying before they grew out of fart humor. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah, I mean, like, and people threw their shit out their windows and stuff, too. Like, that's got to le- right. lean it, like, lend itself to some pretty fucked up humor. People thought that disease was caused by, like, ghosts in the planets and shit. <laughs> yeah, right. that's right. Like, right. Yeah. We don't have to do the stuff those guys did. We we learned all kinds of other stuff to do instead. Right. Yeah. We have antibiotics now. I don't have to be a hunter-gatherer. Uh-huh. <laughs> I go to the true. store. Yeah, we figured out ways. Um... Taxes and social welfare programs essentially revolve around questions of the best way to share resources for group living. Foreign policy and military are matters of protecting one's in-group and defending against potential out-groups. Nope. That's not um, true. That's just not true. That's not what foreign policy is. Not the U.S. Army. <laughs> That's not what this army is up to. This army is, like, massacring brown people. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, no, but you, you, you don't understand. The reason we have to have the Pentagon is because the cave <laughs> cavemen had in-group, out-group. It's crazy. Yeah. They had the cave Pentagon. They had, they the, had, yeah. they had cave Langley. The cavemen had an elaborate NATSEC state, if you can believe it. <laughs> they had cave NATO and shit, cave UN. <laughs> they had cave drones. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, uh, I love this glitter, actually. They did, yeah. Cavemen we talked had, about that. Yeah, cavemen like made glitter. They had glitter. Oh, they like damn. made yeah. glitter out of like uh, like shiny crystals and stuff. They would grind them down and like make glitter to put on their skin as like decoration. Hell yeah. Um, so I would like this guy to think about that and maybe make an article about how we should all wear more sparkly stuff. Um, I agree. It would be just as intelligent it as would be just this as, premise. Yeah. 
have more fun. It's not more so. <laughs> you are right. There is more science. It feels like there's more scientific data to support the fact that we love just like literally scintillate. You know what I mean? Like yeah, just to be dazzled. Shit. Yeah, shiny shit. Mm-hmm. We love yeah, to be dazzled. If you're concerned about the number of available mates, maybe just, you know. Adorn yourself a little bit. Adorn yourself. Exactly. If you're worried about access to mates, sparkle. That's right. right. They they overplayed their hand because it's like, yes, there are things that we did probably develop. Yes, like an attraction to sparkling things or the sun or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like trying to explain immigration policy i think that's too far it's they they were playing their hand jewish separation yeah you can't i love this branch of evo psych where the whole like the conclusion is always everything is exactly the same as it was (laughs) tens of thousands of years ago because it's just not it's not the same why would you ever waste your time trying to say that the u.s army plays some purpose uh-huh. that was set out for it 30,000 years ago. Like, that's a waste of your life. Go outside. I don't know. Why, <laughs> would, you get a, why would you have a keto diet or whatever? A, a freaking... Uh... Don't fucking get me started. <laughs> the primal, the primal diet. diet. That well, it's, it's all under the same umbrella, right? Like Yeah, it's yeah. the same shit. There's the, even... I used to date a guy who did paleo. It was the paleo, paleo diet. Paleo. That's the one. That's right. that's paleo. Those that's guys the... smell like shit because they're just housing meat all day long. They're eating <laughs> like raw dairy and shit. You, you're like skinny and you smell like ass. This is all science for the wealthy. I mean, literally, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a guy. I did an episode about this guy that wrote this book called James Sussman who argued that like we evolved to only work eight hours a day, which is like, yeah, that sounds, I mean, obviously we don't, we shouldn't work at all. Like we shouldn't be fucking working at all, especially now with mm. all the shit we have now. But like where he was coming at it was from like someone who is like Elon Musk, who has gotten everything in life. And like, you know, they should only be working out eight hours a day, like basically like the rich and wealthy. And I feel like this kind of science is, is the same shit. It, it appeals to like a specific class of individual. I, I mean, think that's you... right. I think that uh, that there's like this type of rich guy specifically who has a comfortable enough life that he just has to go looking for shit to do right. to make it complicated. Right. He has yeah. to go looking for strange diets yes. and super unpleasant workouts because mm-hmm. he just doesn't get a daily dose of unpleasantness like the rest it, of us do. It's why they're all into ayahuasca and shit too, probably. I mean, that's why they yeah. and like the raw milk the Twitter guy when he was like brewing his own yes. water yes. or whatever. Like, Twitter that's Jack. The same shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think like Elon Musk, anyone that that wealthy isn't working at all. That's not working. Yeah, I'm sorry. No. Whatever you do is a hobby because you don't need to survive. It's <laughs> right. all decision. Right. This is all everything is like whatever you find the most fun is what you're doing. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then that's on you. Yeah. If you could never go broke again, it's not work at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're just playing. Yeah. You're, you're having playtime. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. There is a kind of like meta polling thing in this story. It's kind of interesting. Um, Using data from two nationally representative surveys of a total of 1,200 respondents conducted by YouGov, the three found first that genetic attributions are actually more likely to be made by liberals, not conservatives. (laughs) So like the liberals Uh. are more likely, I don't know, this may be wrong, I don't know, maybe. If If it's right, it's funny because it's, the liberals are more likely to kind of tout this line than the conservatives are saying that like it's an issue of genetics like 
Oh. Why could that possibly be? Yeah, I, I cannot do. think of a reason <laughs> that, like, I can see conservatives doing it and, like, kind of doing it in that somewhat shamefaced right. but not really phrenology way that they have. But what is to be gained I, I, by being just a nice liberal white lady or whatever responding to a survey I, like, yeah, I think that my politics are genetic and I'm not a racist. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing I, that you answer the phone and take this survey? I think it's this. I think it's, um, this might be wrong, but my read on it is that conservatives are probably more likely to be religious. And religious people, religious yeah. conservative people, are less likely to believe in something called genetics. So, like, <laughs> liberals... <laughs> so, like, that's why the liberals... They don't believe in evolution no. at all. So they can't believe in evolutionary psychology. Right, right, right. I think that it's, it might be boiled down. <laughs> I don't know. I bet that's at least partly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Oy vey. They they did stress that genetic attributions do not correlate with unseemly racial attitudes. Unseemly <laughs> racial <laughs> attitudes. <laughs> this guy's turns do you mean racism? Are, oh. <laughs> Unst- From the makers of high knowledge, low knowledge. Oh, oh And boy. what was the other word they used? Uh, oh, God. oh uh, d- uh, d- uh, ethnic um, antagonism. Ethnic antagonism. antagonism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right, Rex. From the people that brought you. <laughs> From the studio that brought you ethnic antagonism. Ethnic antagonism <laughs> comes unseemly racial attitudes. <laughs> to be fair... A lot of these terms, I think most of them have come from the shit that he's quoted. So, like, yeah. the scientists are using, I mean, they're using these words. Yeah, and they're this, fucked up scientists. That's why he quoted them. I know. That's yeah. why he's only quoting them, because he thinks the same shit, but he doesn't right. want to be the guy getting torn a new asshole over his use of the phrase <laughs> unseemly racial attitudes. You're so he's like, they, they said They wander it. it through other people. <laughs> Researchers right. said it. Researchers did he's this. He's covering his tracks. You're right. Hey, it's yeah. smart. It's smart. It's, it's, I do that all the time on this show. It's really yeah. high knowledge of him, honestly. <laughs> he's being very high knowledge, yeah. <laughs> very high knowledge of him, honestly. I'm a little low knowledge plebeian. I would just say what I think like a dumbass, but this guy has found a, a better racket. Um, <laughs> political orientation seems to be significantly heritable. There have been quite a few behavioral genetic twin studies looking at this, and they've largely triangulated on estimates of roughly 40-60% of the population level variance in ideology being attributable to genetic influence. That still leaves plenty of room for... I mean, okay, to, like, hear these guys out for just a second. Like... Okay. Um, I do, I, I do find it interesting... It's it is a difficult question, right? I guess if you're like a a political radical or anything like that, even approaching it, it's like, well, why do I see the world my way, and why did what other people see the world that they see it? You know what I mean? Like for example, mm-hmm. like me and my brothers all grew up in the same household, but we all have kind of like different political views here and there they diverge here and yeah. there. so so like how much of that is genetics if any is any of it genetics or is it largely and if it's not then what is it is it because our specific is it because like i experienced this thing in seventh grade and he experienced a different you know what i mean like i know me personally i think it comes down to more obviously like the environment and you know different 
contingencies and shit that happened in your life that play well, you're out the routine. oldest though too so like maybe your parents weren't so good at parenting at that point but my parents were 22 when they had me so they were, they were fucking ch- children so you know what i mean so like mm-hmm. there is that stuff too there is they would have been dead well. five See, years if they would yeah been, if they were cavemen yeah, yeah. right <laughs> right uh, i mean i feel like there's this real effort to uh to let contextual factors off the hook like not so much in the research itself but in this kind of open-ended pussyfooting asking of questions like how much of this stuff really is just attributable to genetics and then if you're able to make a compelling case for it even if it's wrong or only made by a few researchers or whatever that still allows you to kind of sidestep the question of like okay well there's no social safety net and people are miserable and and immiserated actively by their conditions of life and they make no money and they have no free time and so any of those factors could contribute to radicalization in one direction or the other uh-huh. but you don't really have to tackle it from that perspective if you're able to find this way out right yeah and i feel like in a in a very real way that's what this is it's a way out for people who are grappling with questions like that and find that the contextual stuff is too big to address. Yeah, there is like a, I mean, that's, I, yeah. I completely agree. It does seem like this is a, an opinion piece that's trying to make the argument. It's, and we talked earlier about how it's not really making that much of an argument for anything. Cause it's like, you can't do anything, but that is the argument that it's making. It's like, you can't do anything. This right. is the way things are. So we shouldn't make any changes. We shouldn't move, like solve any of the problems that we have. But like Nate, like you're talking about like Terrence, like nature versus nurture is a thing that we've like talked about yeah. for forever. Um, and of course it's part of the discussion, but as he even says at the beginning of this piece, he's like, uh, there's a lot of people who are reluctant to talk about this and like go into this sort of research. And uh, he doesn't ever talk about like, yeah, why? Maybe, maybe don't. Maybe it's not a fruitful avenue to go yeah. down. Maybe like, <laughs> who cares? Maybe there are other things that we could talk about. And uh, why it's a, yeah, it's a conversation stopper, I think, is what he's doing. What a depressing notion to think that we've, you know, have come up with antibiotics and all these like languages and everything else that we've done and to think that we should be bound by some immutable urges that we have just fresh out of the primordial ooze. Right. You know what I mean? That's just yeah. what that's mm-hmm. just what governs us and that's just the way it is. It is your It's a big part religious. of like enlightenment philosophy yeah. too. Like enlightenment era philosophy when individualism was I think first on the rise in Western societies, that's around the time you've got all these philosophers trying to make a case one way or the other of like, what is human nature underneath it all? Is there something like immutably human underneath all the trappings of society? Or if you strip all that stuff away, are we just animals like any other animals? And it's a question that's worth asking, but you and me, I do think baby. it becomes dangerous <laughs> when you put it into context <laughs> like this. Yeah, that's exactly what that song is about. exactly what that song is about, yeah. I love Bloodhound Gang. Um, <laughs> Bloodhound Gang are some of our foremost philosophers. They, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. They're the evolutionary psychologists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, like, reading these people's language and stuff. Like, 
it's very obvious. It's very academic-y. Right, right. And it, well, it's, it's also kind of like psychopathic in a way that like is, they're not self-aware about it. And they, you know, you read stuff like this and you're like, okay, I understand now why it was a predominant conspiracy theory on the right that like COVID, that vaccines were a hoax, that vaccines were out to kill, like eliminate half the population. Because like, in a way, they were getting at a truth, which is that the liberals really would prefer it if you just wipe them out, like, genocidally. If they were all just to die, because, like, then you wouldn't have to deal with the contradiction of a democracy in, like, an advanced capitalist country, which produces all this fucked up shit. Like, mm-hmm. they, it, it produces, you know what I'm saying? I don't know, I don't know. It's just a... Now, liberals are very into that, even, like, when they're joking around, into that kind of... yeah eugenicist line of thinking yeah. like if you believe such and such conservative opinion you shouldn't be allowed to breathe right 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 yeah. right right yeah. yeah and like that's a that's a joke usually when you hear people say it but it's also like do you understand the implications of that offhanded remark you just made right. like that's, yeah. that's truth and just you. yeah mm-hmm. right they kind of mean it though a little no, yeah no they do i think that's right I think yeah they definitely they do um I'm a little... I'm, or like, you know, we should just let Texas secede. We should yeah. just let Texas and Florida go because who needs them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's just more of the same. Because yeah. they, they can't the two fix richest, the... Two of the three richest states in the country. Yeah, that would... <laughs> yeah, we won't even feel it at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can't address any... I mean, obviously it's been said millions of times, but right, they can't address any of the material issues or concerns here. And so this is their way around it, as you said earlier, Rex. Like, this is their way out of that. Um, and it does have like some really fucked up implications. Um, you know, I'm trying to see though, if they, did they provide any like counter argument in this essay, like about why this might not be. Oh, that's why it got published as an opinion piece. You don't need to. He doesn't have to do that. (laughs) He only has to do that if it's in the real section of the newspaper. I have to say I'm disappointed because I didn't look at this going in, into this. And I was kind of hoping that he would just go by ethnic group and, like, talk about <laughs> the inherent behaviors. <laughs> each, or what did he call them? Unseemly behaviors or whatever. Unseemly racial attitudes. Yeah, unseemly yeah. racial attitudes. Yeah, it's, it's not that different from that Kevin Williamson... Do you know who Kevin Williamson is? He's this guy that used to write for the New Republic... Or the New Republic... The National Review... And he wrote an article that was very popular around the like 2012 election, I think, called the big, the Great White Ghetto. Is that what it was called, Tom? It was about Apple. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was 2015. About, it was like there, right before the Trump election. That's what it was. It was yeah, about yeah. Appalachian, like poor whites, and um, it's just fascinating to to read that side by side with this. It's like there's not, there's no distance. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, like the liberals are just all all it is is Kevin Williams saying, yeah, fucking eradicate him, and and the liberals are saying like. I don't know. You think we can it's get... It's so sad, but maybe it needs to right, be done. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Think we can get away with that? <laughs> yeah. All right, if you say so, all right. <laughs> I feel like if like conservatives want to eradicate their enemies, but they know that that's evil and they just don't care, right. and liberals want to eradicate their enemies because they think that's the only way to achieve a good society, mm-hmm. which is scary. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty insane. Um, I'm just trying to. I'm just going to skip to the end here. Uh, um, the nature versus nurture argument won't be resolved anytime soon. <laughs> Certainly, 
certainly not in this article. <laughs> Definitely not. If that's what you came here for. Because you didn't talk about nurture at all. That 1% of nurture was in this article. But yeah. Or, or ever, really. But the light shed... <laughs> okay. But the light shed by researchers from each perspective incrementally eliminates the whole of our complex human repertoire. Oh, someone has been studying his SAT words. Right. <laughs> Look at this guy. Repertory. You old sailor. Age, age 80. <laughs> Picking up yeah. Kaplan's Keep guy. Sharp. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I will say, uh, I think I know why this is so heavily cited and why it's not actually written at all. It's because journalists and uh, podcasters, too, actually, have been getting in a lot of trouble lately for, like, filtering arguments that they've read in research papers without really citing them properly oh. into their articles yeah, or into their right. podcast. We talked about yeah. that. We talked, talked about that yeah. in our last Patreon episode. I think he, I think he's just trying to stay out of that kind of it's trouble, so maybe. It's fucking but stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> Honestly... Not to be a huge dick, but I don't love hearing academics complain about stuff because I have real problems and I don't yeah. get paid to go to school. You came well, to the yeah. right place. <laughs> we were we were just talking about like this new sort of genre of tweet from like whoever whoever PhD where it's like, um, oh, I talked to this journalist and they didn't cite my contributions to this or something like like that. It's like. And the article will be about, like, what was the one last week, Terrence, about France and Haiti or something? It was about it was a New York Times article, um, series oh, of articles Haiti. about Haiti. Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, this huge fucking discourse about, like, attribution I remember, and stuff. yeah. Uh, Which, I mean, to be clear, it is super fucked up for a journalist to just, like, read something and try and pass it off as his own without any kind of attribution. They shouldn't do that. But at the same time you write for these publications that nobody gets to read. Like, have you tried mm -hmm. to use fucking JSTOR ever in your life? Right. I don't think it's possible. <laughs> you have $7,000, then I'll let you in here to JSTOR well, for like five days. <laughs> also, like, the kind of absurdity of it is played out in the fact that, like, if you read what those... Because I read those articles, and if you read what they're saying, it's like... How, again, it's another example of how everything is meta-commentary. It's like, how was the thing we were more mad about was the article rather than the content of the article? Like, that, what it's right. outlining is fucking insane, but there's no outrage about that. So, I mean, because, it, I mean, obviously, I guess the answer right, is... Right, it's all like, I was the first person yeah. to uncover how fucked yeah. up the situation right. is, right. and the New York Times just reports on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. At all. Yeah, and if you were like really upset about that conflict or like thinks there should be outrage, you would just be happy that the conversation got out there into a wider audience, not uh, not that focused on right getting credit. I just feel like in the battle between writers, of which I am one, and academics, nobody wins because whoever wins, every normal person loses. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, both of us. Uh -huh. Shut the fuck up, me. Like, why am I talking on a podcast instead of? sitting quietly in a corner just <laughs> thinking about my life <laughs> um well that's a good actually that's the perfect place to end said podcast yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah shut the fuck up all of us in the corner <laughs> um thanks though for uh coming sitting down with this reading yeah, this shitty article a lot of fun thank you so much thank you for having us this yeah absolutely fun. 
for this sure. is really fun. Thank do, you. Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, any uh, Patreons, perhaps? Any books? Any uh, Anything like that? Uh, we have, Rax and I have a podcast together that they brought it up at the beginning. It's called Low Culture Boil. And it's, uh, it's if you like Trillabillies, we have a lot of similar overlap. Tom reached out to me to be on the podcast because we had done an episode on Pizza Hut that was very fun. Oh, so yeah. I sent him the Pizza Hut uh, perfume that they have. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the kind of scintillating content <laughs> that you can hope for when you come to patreon.com slash lowcultureboil. It's That's all right. Pizza Hut perfume and uh-huh. low knowledge. <laughs> it's a very low knowledge podcast. Rax is a book. That I you should the book. Yeah. You go for it. You plug the book. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's called Tacky. You could buy it. It's pretty good. It got a good review in this uh, this New York Times publication that Actually, I've just been slandering for the past hour. <laughs> it got an amazing review in the New York I know, Times. I That's awesome. Talk shit. This Thank guy you. fucking loved you. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, I'm adorable. That's why. <laughs> it's really, so, really good. Tacky's amazing. Uh, I say take that money that you were going to maybe spend on a subscription to the New York Times and buy that many copies of my book instead and give them away to people. Absolutely. Just keep on Every month. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) You think you're done? You're not. This is a lifetime situation. (laughs) It's a tag. Yeah. That's it. All right. It well, thanks. Um, yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah. We'll we'll have to have you on next time. We hit either Evo Psych, low <laughs> knowledge individuals. Um, you know, we got we got a lot of stuff to draw from. So mm-hmm. we'd love to have you all back on. Um, Absolutely. So Rex, Amber, thank you so much, and and go check out the Trillbillies <laughs> Patreon, please. P a t r e o n dot com slash trillbilly workers party uh you know the deal five dollars a month and you got all kinds of content over there uh thanks for listening this week we'll see you next time bye, bye. bye.